Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's Your Mess? Mental, Emotional, Social Status of Life. I am your host, Tracy D. Armstrong, and we are here again with another special guest, Mr. Jalen Hughes. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Jalen, everyone. How you doing, everybody? Again, like she said, my name is Jalen Hughes. I am a content creator, coach, and I special, and I have a business called Juicy Visuals LLC that specializes in creating content and helping bring people into the limelight. Um, it kind of started off from wanting to not only spread a message that I had to the world, but also help other people who had something good uh, get out there. And so uh, here I am. Well, thank you so much for being here. I am sure that our audience is in for a great treat. Um, so I know that you haven't always been at the position that you are in right now. So let's tell everybody, what is some of the mess or one of the messes that you have gone through in your life? So one of the biggest things that not only influenced me to be where I'm at today, but to help me really uh, transition into the man I am is social identity problems. And I grew up in a family that was well known. So I had to be, I had to assimilate to um, kind of like that lifestyle and not be fully myself. So um, little stuff for me, I, I grew up less than two hours from the Chicagoland area in a smaller town um mostly predominantly white but there's a good mix of black here um my family the Hughes is very well known in the area um up to my grandparents and their parents so uh ever since we've been here we we've just made impacts and so that kind of has been almost a barrier for me because you know I could use it to my advantage but then it also just was it me? You know, I grew up as the black sheep of the family. I was the only one who, out of my four siblings that graduated college at, the, at, at this time right now. And, you know, I played sports in college and just, I was just a different one. You know, I liked different things. I didn't want to be like my brothers and my sister. I just wanted to be me. But I had problems because, you know, I'm hearing, oh, don't be like this or or don't be like that, or you know you, you're well-known. Anything that I did here, I got caught. Any, anything that I thought that I was going to be slick and cool, I, I got caught, you know? And so I learned that um, there's always somebody looking. Whether you know it or not, there's always somebody looking, and they could be looking as friend or a foe, you know? Some people to this day still follow me, and they love what I'm doing, and I wouldn't even think they would be following me through this journey, but those are the friends. And then you got the foes, the people that they may watch two times as much of your content just to prove you wrong or to, to prove themselves that they felt like they were right about you. Right. And so you fall into this little bit of a, I would say like a room almost where you got two sides you got someone who wants to see you win and someone who doesn't want to see you win. But the biggest thing is they're both still watching. And so when you harness that and, and when you really kind of um, internalize that, 
you you can move on to a different way. So uh, I would say my biggest negative situation was social identity problems and was finding out who who I was, not through just my name or the people who were around me, but who really I was in the environment that that I had to endure um, growing up. That is so true with a lot of people. I know a lot of people who do go through social identity problems and being able to really fully understand who they are. And you did mention like being the black sheep of the family and not wanting to follow in the footsteps of others and wanting to do your own thing. So with that, how did that affect you mentally? Like not really identifying with who you truly were, who you thought you should have been. Man, great question. So mentally, it was a journey because it affected me in the way of I don't know who I am, so I'm just being whatever. And I'm trying to assimilate to so many different groups um, that it just wasn't it wasn't me. Right. But then I also had to realize that throughout what I was doing, I almost felt as a chameleon. I could be in any room. I could go and I could switch shift my my persona if I needed to to be accepted but then after that you know I had to think about it you know you your niche is your niche your people are your people and the people who love you they're going to love you for who you really are and so I stopped caring more about that persona that I had to put up to get by but more about who really is Jalen and how can Jalen not only help the world but um, share some of the things I'm going through. Um, so I would say mentally, it was draining. You know, it, it was draining because you're constantly trying to adapt, to assimilate, to be something that you might be 10% of, but you're not. So to give you a little bit of backstory on that, um, for my first years of school up until I was in fourth grade. I went to a private um, Christian school. I was the only black person there. And so I had to deal with a lot of trying to fit in with all the white people, trying to be the cool, you know, and at the time in the nineties, you know, I don't, I don't know nothing about no uh, token black guy, or I don't know nothing about uh, just standing out. I just know I'm a kid. I, I'm around all these white people and I just want them to like me. I want to be known. I want to be, um, you know, just accepted. Right. Because we all have that little bit of feeling of wanting to be accepted. So um, growing up there, I, I was a childhood model and actor. And so I felt like I got a lot of jealousy from the people around me because you just weren't seeing it. You know, I, I go to the school plays, I get the leading roles. And all these white kids, especially the little white boys, they get mad trying to call me gay or trying to say, oh, you don't belong. How is he getting these roles? How is he doing this? Well, it's all about talent, baby. And I knew I had it, but I just had to put it out there and I had to be okay with being different. I had to be okay with um, walking in my own light because at the end of the day, those same people may like me, but I'll never be accepted in their world. I'll never be, you know, that 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 real feeling of acceptance just because I'm different. I am who I am. 
And so I used that and I just kind of ran with it. Um, as, as I got older, I just knew I was like being different is what it is, you know, um, being different is cool. Being different is unique. You know, God made us all differently. When I think about my thumb or my finger, we all have a fingerprint, right? Minutia, they call it. And it's all different for everybody. And so once I learned that, it just felt like a release because I can just be me. But now I got to find out who I am, you know, as a young as a young man at the time. So uh, I, I would definitely say that was how it went mentally. Man, you you unpacked a lot right there. I had so many different directions I want to go. And I'm like, but I'm going to go back to this. I'm going to go back to you said you have grown to understand and accept it and know that you're different now. But back then, it did bother you. So emotionally, I want to go into the emotions of it because being different, you say you were, like I said, you said a lot. You were at a school where it was all white people. You were getting the roles. You were getting the things that, you know, people were looking at you a certain way. You were different. How did that affect you emotionally to where you were able to sustain? So it made me put up a guard in certain ways. Um, when I look back, I was a lot meaner to people than I wanted to be. And it was because I felt that it was going to be a facade that they really liked me and they really genuinely cared about what I was talking about or whatnot because of the things I went through. Right. And so um, emotionally, I was I was closed off. I was I was very expressive and open, but I just I had a guard about me. And if you weren't in that clique or you weren't my people, I probably was mean to you. And, you know, I look back and I feel bad, but sometimes you just never know what people are going through and you never really know the triggers and the things that people are living are living with and that can definitely push you to be something or somebody that you know you're you're doing it just to survive you know i was i was surviving i had a good family thankfully i had two two parents at home that loved me um my father he uh he had his own aspirations for me. And I feel like when the time comes, I'm going to blow through those. But, you know, with so much unknown and just with that fatherly love, you just want your child to be the best he can be. And, you know, which, and I give him a lot of credit because um, the things that he had to go through to not only provide for me and three other kids, but also just, the emotional stability, all those different things with dealing with, you know, uh, uh, being married to someone else, having a child and then having, you know, a baby mama with other kids, all that, all that type of stuff. And so I had to mature and, and see not only where I came from, but also um, the, the relationship of why he may look at me a certain way or think of me a certain way, because growing up, it was get a job, get a job get a job, get a job, go to college, get a job, go to college, get a job. It was never, bro, start a business or, you know, follow your passion. It was, this is what needs to happen. You're blessed. And this is what's going, this was going to be. And so when you have 
situation like that, sometimes I feel parents can be a little overcaring. And you can get into a situation where they they don't see your vision, so they don't really know what's best for you. And no one really technically knows what's best for you than you, but you're growing up, so you have to listen. And I know in a lot in the black community, you know, it's we don't talk about what happens at home. You know, we all those different psychological things that we deal with pushes us in a certain way. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't talk about it. I just knew that um, there was a roof over my head. For the most part, if I asked for something, I got it. I was lucky enough to be blessed athletically. So, you know, I got to do sports. I got to meet all these people and, and, you know, travel and all that stuff that a lot of people don't get to do. And so I need, I, I felt at the time, Jalen, just be quiet and be thankful. Instead of Jalen, be thankful what's going on, but also understand your place and know your role that you are wanting to lead and you are wanting to push through at. Wow. Again, what a message. You had so many points in there from family to friends. And that actually leads me right into my next question, because I'm going to ask you about your social life, because you said you had a problem with social identification and really knowing yourself and knowing who you truly were. And then, but at the same time, like you said, you were athletic. You, you know, you had a group of people, you were in the, the circles, but at the same time, I'm hearing you say you were kind of mean to people because you were kind of closed off. So with all of those things being said, how did you not really understanding yourself and knowing truly who you are, how did that affect you socially? Because it sounds like it didn't really affect you socially. But at the same time, was were you really being you in those social circles? That's a great question. Um, so I was being a version of myself. I was being the version that I felt the world needed to see because when I looked in the mirror, I didn't really know what I was, you know? And we grow up in a society where most Black people don't know their heritage. We don't really know the history, the 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 things that our people have gone through, right? You know, I'm I'm a descendant of a slave. You probably are as well. And and with that being said, a lot of my family is from the South. So my grandfather, rest his soul, um, he actually just had a heavenly birthday um a couple weeks ago. Um he he had to go through that and see that. So Growing up, seeing some of the things he did, like, for instance, my grandfather never hugged us. We we barely said, I love you. It was just a handshake. And we knew that, you know, that was what it was. And I don't know if it was trauma that he had felt or I knew that growing up at, the, at their time, uh, Black people, we couldn't really show affection. We couldn't show that we cared for somebody because either the master going to take them or they're going to beat them to death because you cared about them. And so all those psychological things and the socialness of dealing with that has shaped me to be, at the time, shaped me to be the version that people wanted to see. And so doing that, it 
it felt like I repressed myself and I only let out the lights of myself that I felt would, um, you know, be behoove me in the end, I would say. That was a great answer. Like that, that very first part when you said socially you were showing them and you were being the version of you that would be accepted within that particular group. And that is like so true because everyone has different versions of themselves depending upon, depending on who the group that they're with. Yeah. So with everything that you've said, how did these negative situations affect your status of life? Because, and I ask that because it sounds like you had a family who was there, who was supportive of you, who, you know, was there to help you and that loved you. Everybody doesn't have that. Sounds like you, you know, sounds like you were at a good school, you know, quote unquote, good school. And it sounds like your life sounds like it was a good life. You said, you know, you y'all were well known. People knew you. And like you said, you know, be careful because people are always watching. But how did it affect your status of life in a, bad way because it sounds like it helped you all in a good way i would say i would say that experiences a lot of times are neither good nor bad it's about how you react to them and how you move forward so with that being said the status of life um i could complain but like you said there's people out there that had it worse there's people out there who are probably getting beat on. There's people out there, you know, that, you know, I don't want to bring up too much, but it's just, even though I was dealing with identity problems, I was dealing with insecurities, I was dealing with um, trying to understand yourself in uncharted waters, Um I couldn't really complain because I know there was worse out there. And so I would say my status of life was conducive of a life that you got to make the best of what you got. And I I knew I had talents. I knew I had a voice, a, a, a reason. You know, I was the kid in high school I get done 30 minutes with my test early and I'm talking. So I'm getting kicked out. Now I'm a bad kid. Right. But really I'm just using my gift to, to do something else because I'm tired of being sitting up in here while the other kids are slow. And I'm not saying slow mentally. I'm saying they slower on getting their test done and I need some stimulation. So I would just say my status of life. Um, it, I was able to get the things that I wanted but sometimes you don't really know what you want. You think you want something because the people around you, you know, growing up until about, I'd say about middle school, most of my friends were white. And a lot of them were disrespectful, not only to they to their people, but to other people. And I picked up on that. I did, you know, I, I, I seen what it was like to talk back to my parents and not get my butt whooped. I seen what it was like to tell mom and dad no and still get what I want. So it's like you're being influenced by people because you just want to fit in, you know? And then in that same light, I'm trying to fit into these people 
when the bags are turned, they're talking bad about me. They're saying bad things about me. And I and I'm hiding under the bed in a hotel room, um, listening to my best friend talk bad about me. And so it's like I put out this this persona to be loved and to be liked because I knew that I just didn't want to not fit in and I didn't want to not be um, accepted. But then as I'm putting out this persona, it didn't matter what I was. They was they weren't going to do it anyways. They were going to still be those same people. They were going to still do the same things, right? And so I had to internalize that no matter what I did, they ain't going to like me because they're not my people. And that's okay. But there's a bigger world out here. And, you know, social media has made it where you can be almost anywhere and your influence can be anywhere. And so I now in my later states of life, I've taken that and I've ran with it because I know there's an other young, young men, young women out there that look like me or don't look like me, but they grew up about the same. There's other young women out there who probably was called all these different sorts of types of things because they had a talent, which could have been attracting people. It could have been seducing people. You never know. Seducing isn't bad. It's how you go about it. So uh, my status of life, I would say, was just everywhere. It's I had what I needed, but I didn't have what I wanted. And I didn't, and I needed to be the person who, and I needed to find who I was to find what I want and not being and be accepted for that and not being accepted for how I can um, make someone like me or assimilate. And that's a skill in itself, but then it's also a, a curse because it's double-edged sword. And with what you just said, do you feel like you've gotten to the point now? Because it seems like you've gotten to the point where you have figured out who you are and what you want. Cause you made you, oh, that was a great point. You say you, you had what you needed, but you didn't necessarily have what you wanted. So how did you get to the point where you came through that mess, that mental, emotional, social uh, issues of self-identification and being aware of who you are? How did you get to where you are now with knowing who you are? Great question. Uh, I'm going to unpack it in a couple ways. So initially how I did it was being open to being in new groups, being open to seeking out not only people who look like me, but kind of thought like me that to give me insight. I was always the kid who I hung out with, with the older crowd. You know, I, I'm, if you really know me, I'm an older soul, you know, I, I, I don't, I I just I vibe with them people more in, in certain ways in that time. And so um it was just learning how to be in my own light and seeing that law of attraction, attracting the people who not only care about what I'm doing, but want me around, you know. I actually just had a conversation literally last night, three hours with a friend, bless her heart. And it was just talking about paying attention to the things that people do without you asking and paying attention to the things 
that how people show up not only for you but for themselves and that was so real because a lot of people they showed up because they either knew i was the guy that they was going to get them something i was the guy that had connections or i was the the cool token black kid right so um learning that i had to unpackage not only you know who's here for me genuinely and who's here for me for what they can just benefit. Um, that's the first part. And I would say the second part was just going out and not worrying and worrying less about what other people may have thought about me or seen because what I was doing more about how it made me feel. Um, because one fun fact about me, I've seen, probably a hundred something country concerts before I saw one hip hop concert. And that's crazy to say as a young black man. Right. But that's just me. I like the country too. I love music. I love all, I love art. I love all these different types of things, fashion, you know, but I'm not gay. And so all these people try to put these personas on you and say, and label you. And so when you get out of that mindset of, Oh, well, Johnny said I'm this or Jackie said I'm this instead of being, you know, I did this and I felt like this helped me a lot. Or I felt like hey, I ain't going on, I ain't going there again with the yees. you know, it's just, it's finding, it's stepping into your light and finding out what really ticks, makes you tick and what really makes you um, happy. Because at the end of the day, I don't got to sleep with nobody but myself. I don't have to look at no one in the mirror but myself. And if I'm not right, nothing else around me is gonna right gonna be right. And you know, every time I think of that, I think of the situation where it comes to we're on a plane, right? They always say when that air mask comes down, secure yourself and then secure someone next to you. And that tells me if you don't take care of yourself first, you can't take care of someone else. And so I dove in too much trying to care for others, trying to be fitting, trying to, you know, uh, be accepted. And I need to just dive into myself. I need to pour into myself. I needed to understand what does Jalen want? And that's what it was. Mm. And those are some great words of advice to anyone that's out there listening you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And before we wrap up, I just want to say thank you for sharing. Thank you for uh, being here to let the listeners know about the situations that you've gone through and how you were able to come out. And I would like to know if there's any way that if people wanted to connect with you or people wanted to support you in any of your services that you had available, would you like to share that with anyone, with the audience? Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, So you can find me basically anywhere on social media at Juicy Visuals. That is J-U-I-C-Y-V-I-Z-U-A-L-Z. Again, at Juicy Visuals, J-U-I-C-Y-V-I-Z-U-A-L-Z. Um, I have a Discord out that I just started um, where I will be starting a community on content creation and just on being creatives. I, if you're a creative that not only 
wants to share your passions, but maybe wants to be in a community that can help you get better, can help you see a new idea, can help you um, push forward in whatever project you got going on. You definitely got to go check out my Discord. Um, and then when it comes to just uh, people in general, I'm huge on personal growth and development. I do have a book trilogy series out right now um, on personal growth and development. The first one is on self-awareness, because if you don't know yourself, you're not aware about yourself. You can't be aware about nothing around you. The second one is going to be on self-confidence. You have to learn yourself and learn to love yourself before you can push forward. And your third one is called the power in why, in which we, we dive in on how to ask those questions, how to push forward into new rooms, new opportunities, and how to get the things that you're looking to get. Um, whether it's a new opportunity, a new boyfriend, a girlfriend, a new anything. So that's what I got. So wait a minute, let me go back. Go back to what you just said. You said that's the trilogy. Is that in book form, in podcast form? That's in book form? So they are all in book form. Uh, I'm currently finishing up the last book, reading it live. So then you will be able to get it on my YouTube. Because when I wrote these, it wasn't about the money. I don't really make much off of this. I, I ain't going to say how much I make, but I will say do go buy because a portion of every book that you buy from me goes back to Kikafer's Entrepreneurial Academy, where we're teaching the next CEOs and young businessmen and women of tomorrow. But they are in book series. I got them all right here. Um... You can, oh, if you like to get it read to you, my audiobook will be coming out soon. I'm basically I do everything. I'm a I'm my own media company. Basically, I do everything myself for the most part. So it takes time. But uh, the book I'm reading now, you can catch me live reading this is, like I said, my third one, which is The Power and Why. And this is asking the key questions to a more successful future. Oh, I'm so excited. I did not. I did not know that you had three books about because it my book is the power of the P with principles to a productive process. Oh, I checked you out. Life. And so just the whole the power and then you have did not know that. Thank you for sharing that. I will most definitely so everyone make sure you go check those out because I'm gonna go check those out and I will put all of the information at the end so that if you miss that, if you miss that part of the video. You can go back and you can look at it and you can check out Juicy Visuals also. Of course, make sure you go like, share, follow, subscribe to Jalen's uh, pages and all of his social media. And before we go. One, one second. You can get the books exclusively at lulu.com right now. I am working on getting the audio book and maybe a, a hardcover copy on Amazon. Um, I'm just dealing with different publishers and they got a lot of stuff going on. So Back to you. I'm sorry. No, no problem at all. No problem at all. Well, I was going to throw it back to you and ask you, are there any last words of encouragement that you would like to leave the audience with before we close out? You're going to be here for a while if you really want it. But no. Yeah, um, come on, give it to him. Give it to him. One quote that I, I'll give probably two. So one quote that I really, really live by is, you internally possess the power to do whatever you want in this life. But how will you use it? Will you use it for good or will you use it for bad? And, um, you know, we're 
people talk a lot about manifestation. People talk a lot about all these positive affirmations and whatnot. Yo, talk nice to yourself. It may seem weird, but treat yourself and take care of yourself and, and talk nice to yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're the one who's going to have to do that journey. You're the one who's going to have to write that book if you want to be an author. You're the one who's going to have to start that business if you want to be a business owner. And you have the power to do it. And it's so cool because our minds are almost literal movie screens, right? Because when if I can visualize it, I can do it. And you can too. So I would uh I would probably just leave people with that one. Um just dare to oh and I this one quote. So I gotta give this one quote. Um I can't remember exactly who it's from, but on my basketball team in in um was it middle school? In middle school, my eighth grade year, where we went to the championship and whatnot, we had one quote that I that I just always think about. And when it comes to moving forward or just anything I'm trying to do, it's um ooh, hold on. There can't think right now. Whoa, you got me off. It's um if we dare to struggle, or no, no. If you dare to struggle, then you dare to win. Something like that. I got to think of it perfectly, but that's basically what it is. Oh, only if we struggle do we dare to win. So go out there. You're going to struggle. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through tribulations, right? But when you fall in love with the process, you will go way farther when you than if you fall in love with the destination. So keep pushing, keep going, and dare. Dare to struggle because then you'll dare to win. That's it. That's great. Not just that's it. That's great. That's those are some great closing words, um, closing quotes, because it's so true. Uh, you said the power is already within you, which the power is within you. And how are you going to use it? And some people you said some use it for good or bad. And I realized some people don't use it at all. And so using the power that is within you will take your life to another level and will help you get through whatever situations that you are going through now. Just be encouraged, be inspired, hear this story again and know that if you are going through one of the same situations, you can come out and you can grow from it. So as I wrap up, I like to leave you all with this powerful quote. If you wanna be sad, keep thinking about the past. If you wanna be anxious or worried, keep thinking about the future. But if you wanna be happy, focus on the present day and be grateful for what you have. Again, this is Tracy D. Armstrong. Thank you, Mr. Jalen Hughes for your time. Thank and you. remember to like, share, subscribe, especially if you know that this interview can help you or help someone else share it with them and subscribe at Tracy D. Armstrong for more interviews, more podcasts, and more encouragement. Have a good one, y'all.